Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Because I am ready, and I will not let this opportunity slip through my fingers. Cup of coffee, man, yeah. Man. Wow, man, freak out. Keeler's 1-2. I'm Kate Keeler. This is my story. Yo, what is up, everybody? It is time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Crow, Randy Jowers, and boys, we got episode 36 titled Roll Damn Pumps, because tonight we got Kate Peeler, Campbell baseball star, joining us. He's going to end season seven with a bang. We got to talk Campbell Campbell baseball. We got to talk it all. We got to talk um, their journey, his journey, his story. We're going to grow the game. And when we're done, we're going to break down every regional of college baseball action for you. Guys, a great way to end season seven. I'm down for it. And for all those that are interested and wondering and just questioning what is next for the podcast, stick around. We'll give you some insights into what's next and, you know, what are the big things we got in the near future. But, guys, let's get to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, our man, Campbell baseball star, Kate Hewitt. Cade, my man, we are so excited to end season seven with a special guest. But first of all, how are you this evening? Doing well. Grateful to be down here in Columbia, ready to get rolling in a regional. Absolutely. We'll get into where you should be. But anyways, I want to ask you something to get us started, man. You got the AirPods in or the Beats or whatever it is you put in your ears to listen to music. What's your favorite song? What's the go-to jam right now? Uh, if I'm just listening to music, it's anything Zach Bryan. Zach Bryan till the day I die. <laughs> I I love that. I love that. My host, they um they don't have a lot of class and culture. They don't appreciate the country music as the way I do. But let's get into something I'm sure we can all agree on. You're gonna watch a baseball movie. Any baseball movie that's ever been made, what's your go to there? Tough question. I like the classic bench warmers, get a good laugh. I think that's a good one. It is a good one. And you know what? I don't disagree. There's really not a wrong answer there. Well, there are wrong answers. I'm not going to say there's not wrong answers. All right. Before I hand you over to DB and his hatred of country music, favorite athlete of all time, who is it? Any sport. It ain't got to be baseball, but it probably is. Favorite athlete of all time. I actually had a conversation with someone last night about why Michael Jordan was, like, one of the favorite athletes of all time. Um Good reasonings there. I don't know. I'm a big Trey Turner fan. No clue why. Just kind of stuck. I'm a Nationals fan. So watching him play and just like a different kind of athlete on the field. So it's fun to watch. Is it because he can slide so smooth? I mean, I think that plays a part into it. Can you slide like that? Uh, I like to think I can. I don't get the opportunity. They don't give it to me here. But I think when's I the last time you slid, Cade? Uh, I ran the bases during a rain delay, and I think I I think I got a Trey Turner esque slide in there. 
oh, with the water, you got it. But like just straight up, like you don't know if you could. I mean, you think you could do it, but and I, I listened to your podcast with the spitting seeds guys and that you really wanted to hit, but they told you that you couldn't really hit. So you stopped hitting. I like the story. Sounds about right. Okay. See, Randy is really just trying to get you to the point where you say you're a, you're a pitcher only. That's where he's he's leaning here. So don't don't pay him no mind right now. It's, it's me and you, man. We're we're gonna get into your story. We're gonna talk about everything, but we gotta go back to the beginning. Tell me a little bit about where you're from. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, a suburb of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, a lot of high city. Uh, Waxhaw. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah. give me give me an idea of type of city is this a big place is this a small little suburb outside it uh i'd say it's pretty small it's getting bigger i think union county is this was the seventh fastest growing county in the country at one point so like i mean the talent coming out of that area is pretty high sam howell lived 10 minutes down the road now that guy's an nfl quarterback um my high school team had like 19 division one players come out in my four years there uh schools down the road and right around the corner just High-level talent in all sports. It's blowing up, man. So you you set the trend. You set the trend for everybody. Everybody's now you know, prospering in the college level um, from your hometown. So tell me a little bit about your family dynamics. Obviously, you have an older brother. Um, how close in age are you guys? Five years and 20 days. So how, how does that work? Because I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I just had another, another daughter, and my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter are a little over five years apart. So I'm trying to figure out like what kind of relationship are they going to have? So tell me the good, the bad, the ugly growing up with an older brother. Was it fighting? Was it, you know, you just kind of did what he did. You just were a good soldier. You fell in line. Like how, how did things work? Um, I think I was good at learning from his mistakes. So I think that upset him. He'd do something stupid. I'm like, all right, don't do that. Uh, so I think I learned from that. Uh, I was, I mean, five years apart. He's in high school. I'm graduating elementary school, getting into middle school. So the maturity level is different. I'd say until I was about 17, I was way too immature for him and he couldn't handle it. And I probably looking back, couldn't have either. So I think until I was about 17, there's definitely a good amount of distance and a lot of animosity between us. Cause I just wasn't as mature as he was. And I think finally I kind of got to the end of high school and realized I'm like, damn, I kind of suck. Like I'm annoying. Like, I wouldn't want to be around me either if I was him. And I think we've kind of started to grow a lot closer since then. Got mom and dad in the picture. Yep. Both. So let me ask you this, because I'm, I'm running into this and Randy can probably attest to this a little bit is with your second kid, like it's kind of like a lot less like intensity that you give to them. They kind of get pushed to the side and you, I'm going to be honest. I almost sometimes forget that I even have another kid. Wait till you get to four. I'm trying to figure out how only Randy can attest to this. Like, I don't have two kids. Well, I think it's because I have, like, so many, you know. It's easy to lose count. I, I'm I'm talking, like, from, like, a little like little kid. It's been a while since you've had, like, a little kid. Like, Jack, Jax is a little guy, but he, like, you know he's there. You're, you, that's one kid you're, you're going to know he is by, there. By the time it's all said and done, I'm going to have Jackson to be in Campbell's fan. Just watch this. Hey, I, I don't doubt it because Cade, when he says that, but this kid is, has been brainwashed for being a fan of many teams. So it's, it's not outside <laughs> the realm of possibilities for him to flip it again and, and be a Camels fan, which I don't blame him. I, who, who wouldn't? You know? 
Got to brainwash them young. That's the only way to get done. That's right. That's right. So um, talking about baseball, tell me a little bit, you know, when I picture guys your caliber, I picture them just going into T-ball, mashing home runs, and they're the best player on the team. Um, but talk to me a little bit about when you started. Like, what age were you? Were you a T-ball guy, or did you just go right into, you know, overhand, coach pitch, whatever? I was four. I was a T-ball guy. Um, I think I was fortunate enough to – I don't think I was ever the best player on my team. Um, I got lucky enough to play with a coach from 6 to 16. Rick Suarez is his name. Um, I think that team, I looked at a picture of us when we were 12 years old. I think there's eight Division One baseball players right now from Florida to Charlotte. Me, I'm trying to think. I think there's like th- three at Charlotte, one at Florida, one, was it Virginia, two were at Virginia Tech. I mean, just elite level baseball players since I've been around it as a kid. So this coach, what is he doing now? It seems like. Talk about brainwashing at a young age. Like, this guy's got the, the magic recipe. What is he doing? Help he's uh, a recruiter somewhere. <laughs> no, he played with him all the way up until he was 16. Yeah, he's uh, just he's a business owner. He uh, actually is and helping with the startup eSports company. Um, J.D. Suarez is his son. He plays at Charlotte. His older bro- uh, J.D.'s older brother pitched at Lenore Ryan. And then the daughter is, I think, committed to Chapel Hill for soccer. She's unbelievable. Oh, man, as somebody who actually knows college soccer because my daughter is actually in the whole recruiting process, uh, I think they're, like, number one ranked, so that's a big deal. Yeah, she's. I think she put, represented Team USA in something, and I don't – she's phenomenal. So that family's just doing it, huh? Yeah, they're just doing it. <laughs> Another one of those families, we sprinkle a little athleticism, spread it around, share the wealth. I mean, you don't have to have it all. Oh, yeah. Uh, so – you know, kind of given your history of baseball, you talked to us about getting into T-ball. You're playing with the same coach for a really long time. You hop into travel ball. You're playing with Canes National. Um, at what age do you start playing with them? I did just my last year, my 17U, I got to play with the American and the national team. All right. So, you know, with that, this is, this is unbelievable. Like when you look at the stat lines and, and look at everything that you were able to do in one season, you posted an eight and one record as a starters. It, you, you were so good as a starter. They were like, Hey, you know what? You can save some games too. So you had three saves. You had a sub one ERA. You, you led them to a 48, three and three record in 2019, including a world wood bat uh, championship, a perfect game world series title and the number one national rank you know, baseball team um, for travel baseball in the country. You know, talk to me a little bit about that experience, but also how that helped you develop your game and and just playing against the best of the best. I think that experience is second to none. I mean, it's elite level athletes on paper, uh, like commit wise and all that. I was the worst player on the team. Like everybody, I think I was the only mid-major guy on the team besides a, I want to say UC Irvine commit and then Riley Eikhoff, who is committed to Virginia, who's now a coastal, who's hosting a regional. So, I mean, being around elite level talent with Coach Petty and Coach uh, Millsy and all that, just high level intelligence, talent and all that. I think it helped shape my work ethic and knowing like, hey, if I'm going to be around these dudes, which I'm going to be around in college and further after that, I'm like, I got to figure it out. And like, I got to go. Yeah, we we have the conversation a lot with a lot of athletes about the difference between the travel ball and the high school, you know, 
you know, just the level of com competition, just the overall importance of getting to the next level. Um, obviously, you did play in high school. You were a really good high school player um, outside of the travel ball. What high school did you go to? Cuthbertson High School. Yeah, so, you know, there, you know, just there alone, 9-0 and record, another sub-1 ERA, 85 strikeouts. You actually, this time, you know, we have some batting stats, um, you know, and, and I, I would push for you to get some ABs. I mean, you were 364. Uh, batting average, you're a name all-conference and team MVP in 2019. You were the male performance of the year in 2020. You were nominated for pitcher of the year. I mean, you got a lot of accolades just in high school alone. Um, tell me a little bit about that experience and what it was like and, and just the importance of, you know, just high school baseball outside of the travel park. I think it's the building of the culture. Uh, my freshman year, we had – 16 seniors, ton of them going to play college baseball. So they kind of established a culture and then the head coach left. So now it's like, all right, we got to rebuild this, like basically an entirely new team. Uh, we kind of got to figure it out, played through the season. We weren't great. And then head coach leaves again. So now we have another new coach trying to build this culture again. So I think it gives more of that collegiate atmosphere, building the culture and being around the same guys year after year and figuring out ways to take the next step further. Yeah, it seems like you guys figured it out. I mean, towards the 2019-2020 the season, you, you, were, you guys were cruising. Um, but with all the accolades, obviously, one was more, more fun than the other. What would you say was more fun, high school or Canes National? I think Canes National. You just get to travel. You get to be around a bunch of new people, see a bunch of new places. And then we were blessed enough to win a couple championships in there and winning really fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's getting to a point now where these these travel ball organizations, it's almost like a, a mini version of a professional team or at least a college atmosphere, especially if you're playing with the, the type of players that you that you get a, got a chance to play with. Um, you know, obviously looking you know at, at Canes National and the success you had college would be the next, you know, step, obviously. Um, at what point do colleges start pursuing you and when does playing at the next level seem like a real thing for you? Uh, I committed in 2018. So it was going into my junior year of high school. Uh, I think I was the first in my class here. It was pretty early. Um, I was on a team because I'm young enough to play with the 2021s and then I'm a 2020. So I kind of balanced both those age groups. Um, I think by the time that summer was over, we had three or four commits on the team. But that was kind of the first time that I was like, I didn't pitch at all my sophomore year in high school. And I get up there and don't like first time on a radar gun, throwing kind of hard. And I'm like, oh God, like I can actually play beyond this and trying to figure out, all right, what caliber. I remember having that conversation with my coach. It's like, all right, like, I don't necessarily think you're a power five guy. I mean, you're six foot, like you're probably not going to grow too much more. So you should probably start looking in the mid-major realm. And so I think just kind of that process of figuring out where I was going to fit in and then just honing in my craft to fit in somewhere. Let me ask you this. Who, who taught you to pitch? Because when I look at you pitch, it's, it's, it's kind of unorthodox. You know, I, I, I like it. I don't see anything wrong with it, but there's like a lot of torque on the backside and like, it's just, re it's, it's, it's different. Um, so 
was that something that you learned over time or was that something that you've always done? I think, uh, I think it was kind of just developed over time by myself. I had a lot of input from a lot of different coaches and then just kind of started clicking naturally for myself. It's, it's a great feeling when you start doing stuff and it starts working and you're like, all right, okay. Oh, yeah. I got this. All right. So you, you commit to Campbell. So what is it about Campbell? Sell me on Campbell because if you're not in the baseball circle, you may not know a whole lot about Campbell. Um, obviously, we've been in this thing for, for a good minute now. And so Campbell is, is on our radars as far as one of the top echelons of, of college baseball teams, college baseball programs. But there's more to Campbell than just baseball. There's school, there's academics, there's all that that surrounds a college experience. So tell me, why was it that you chose Campbell? Uh, so I only, I only had two offers. It was Campbell and East Tennessee State. Um, originally, I really thought I was going to go to East Tennessee State. Like, before I'd even taken any like any visits of any kind, I looked at my parents and my thing is where I want to go. And they're like, you got to go, you got to see it. Like, you got everybody that chooses their college goes, sees it, gets that feeling. I'm like, all right, I get to Campbell first because we're just going to get the one out of the way, get used to how it's going to feel, and then go to where I wanted to go. And I just kind of stepped on the uh, Christian aspect of the school. I think it's something that's very, very important to me. Um, so that immediately was like, all right, like I really do enjoy that. Um, and then it kind of reminds me of Waxhaw. And I'm like, it's kind of like the feel of home for me. And then just having the conversation with the coaching staff and the direction they're taking the program, plus the facilities at Campbell are second to none, especially in mid-major and only going to get better and better. So I think then entire culmination of all that was something I'm like, you know what, like this is going to be something special. And I just really want to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm ready to dive into this because, you know, when we, when we get the background on it, you got so many things and, whether we're talking about baseball or academics, mental health, you know, I mean, there's there's so much good info. And so let's start, man. You get to campus, you get on that field, you know, are you nervous, you excited, or a little bit of both? I'd say a little bit of both for sure. Yeah, so some guys say that they're ready, and then some guys then they admit they're scared to death. But you know, for for appearances sake, you know, you looked ready to me because Made 16 appearances, eight starts on the mound, posted a 5-2 record with a 3.89 ERA, worked as the Friday night starter for six weeks of the season. So my first question, man, did you ever expect, especially with that when you signed your name on there and committed, did you think your freshman year you're going to end up being a Friday night starter? No shot. <laughs> and so, I mean, when Coach has that conversation with you, um, we, we just talk about the the nervous or excited. Were you, were you stoked? Uh, it wasn't a conversation. It was a group me message for a spot start. So it was one of those, like my my very first start, I remember we finished the game against Winthrop on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I'm in the shower and my roommate goes, oh, Keeler, you should probably look at your phone. I'm like, what? Look at my phone. It says Keeler, Keeler has the ball tomorrow. Let's win a game. I'm like, oh God, I'm done. And I filmed two, three innings at a time out of the pen all year. And then start goes well back in the pen the next week spot start again on the second game of a double header and then he's like all right like you're starting friday next week and it's like all right I strap it on i gotta figure out what i need to do to prepare myself and give our guys a shot to win so let me ask you at that time because one of the things that uh, daniel really likes to to pick the brain of with pitchers is that mentality of a starter versus a guy who comes out of the pen at that time did you have a mentality of one more than the other oh i was definitely a reliever and i paid the price for it immediately <laughs> I what, played. I what played. Was it, what, what did it take that made it click? 
because obviously now we know what role you're in, but what was it that you were like, oh, so that's what I need to do to be a starter? Well, against Garner Webb on a spot start, uh, he I came out first inning. I gave up like a hit, strikeout. Another guy got on, and it's like second and third, two outs. I got a big strikeout, and I celebrated and may or may not have shushed the Garner Webb dugout because they're getting a little rowdy. And the leadoff batter of the second inning proceeds to take me about 450 feet over the right field fence. And I was like, Did he shush you? They, the, entire, <laughs> the entire crowd actually shushed me. And I was like, God, that's probably not a good idea. So I kind of learned how to keep my cool for a little bit longer and, you know, manage the game a little bit better. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, I was looking in so many good performances. I want to ask you what your favorite one, though, was of that freshman season, whether out of the bullpen or a start. Freshman year. Um, I think the high point start because that was the day we clinched the conference. Um, that was super exciting. Or the Charleston Southern relief appearance. I remember uh, we had a gun jump that day. So it was like my 2-2 pitch. It said I hit 98. And so the whole crowd erupted. I'm like, oh, like is today that that day? And it was like 93. It was a complete and utter misery. <laughs> but it like got the energy up. Everybody was fired up. And I think it was one of my few saves that year. Oh man, that sucks. They got that 98 and it went to 93. So in your personal record book, when you have kids, are you going to tell them you threw 98 or 92? Well, I mean, I have now, so I can kind of check that back off. But if I, if you would have asked me that freshman year, I'd have been like, ah, the board said 98 and there's a video of the announcer saying that read 98. So I might as well just stick with it. Who's going to really tell? It's not a lie. It said yeah. it's we have video yeah, evidence. I, mean, exactly. I have video evidence. So you guys end up in the Starkville regional with the you know future national champs. Uh you know, I was just there for the the record crowd this season um against Ole Miss. Talk to me about an opposing player in a postseason atmosphere at Duty Noble. Just how you know how intense and how intimidating is it? Um, they are so unbelievably kind that it eases the pain a little bit of the fact that there's 14,000 people there hoping you lose. Um, I know I got sent down to the pen against Mississippi state in that championship game and like the second or third. So I was down there for all nine innings. And I'll remember he's like one of the main state fans with the bandana and every that and the right field. He uh, Sims comes out in the seventh inning and he looked at me, he goes, man, I've had a really good time talking to you. Um, you guys have had a great season. I really got like this game's over because Landon's walkout was planned. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, this guy is probably about to shove it right here. And he proceeded to. Yeah, no. Uh, my, my son, we joked about my son, but he's actually a Mississippi State fan while I'm an LSU fan. And so we went to all the games. And exactly what you said, if Landon Sims was coming out there, you you knew what was going to happen. But um, fan, fantastic guy. But talking about that crowd, um, you know, I got to ask, did, did they feed you well? Um, after we lost, we all walked around that whole outfield because they like even the Duty Noble Twitter page like comments on all our stuff and still roots for us. And we walked around that outfield and they were just handing us pans, steaks, sausages, anything we could ask for. Yeah, no. And that was where I was going to go with this because they uh, they have taken y'all on as their second team. And with them being in two down years and obviously y'all being up in the mix, um, they're, they're all, as soon, as soon as the, you know, the brackets came out, their roll humps all the way, Mississippi state has, has adopted y'all and I love it. And it, it all stems off that, like, uh, that's respectful competition, right? Y'all came in there and 
something y'all did because they don't do that every time somebody comes in there and loses. So something that your team did um, sparked them to be fans, and that says a lot about you, you, you and your guys' team and and how y'all play. And I think a lot of it also has to do with the mascot. The camel's just awesome. Like it is what it is. But uh, you know, sophomore year, you get into that. 16 appearances, 15 starts with a four and six record and a 4.07 ERA struck out a program record, 111 batters, 14th in the nation and hits allowed per nine. You know, that transition from freshman to sophomore, you talked about, you know, obviously there's time in the pen. You were, you were just talking to Daniel about the change you made, you know, just talk about the major change for you, whether it was mentally, physically, or both um, from that freshman to sophomore season. Uh, I think it was definitely the addition of the fourth pitch. That's when uh, my freshman summer is when I developed the cutter slider hybrid. People call it either other. It's the same pitch. But I think that was a big difference maker for me because no matter how hard you throw or how good your fastball is, if they know it's coming, it's probably going to get hit. So I never had anything to get people off my fastball. So I came in my sophomore year like, all right, I need a pitch that I can throw in the zone consistently so they can't sit on one time. And I think adding that in my arsenal was, was the difference maker. That was, that was the pitch in Daniel's arsenal. He, he had the cutter. That was, that was the one man. And a change up, you flip a change up in there every now and then. (laughs) So, you know, once again, obviously a lot of performances and, you know, not trying to take too long on the episode, man, sophomore season. Give me, give me your favorite start for that season. Favorite start was ECU, but favorite appearance was the one relief appearance against Charleston Southern. Nice. And uh, the ECU one, I, I didn't look at it. Was was it in the jungle or was it at home? Oh, it was in the jungle. So uh, another – man, you get stuck in all these atmospheres in these big games, Cade. I love it. It ain't going to get any easier for you, buddy. Yeah, it, well, no, the one that we fixing to talk about one and he didn't want to before the episode, but we got to our our other host is a Tennessee fan and we can't we can't duck and dive. So you go from Starkville Regional freshman season to sophomore year team that just absolutely cruised and killed through, um, you know, the regular season and you got to go to Knoxville to play Randy's Vols. But man, I got to tell you, dude, when they talk about people who are dogs on the mound. I went through that stat line and I went through that box score and dude, like, I mean, against the top lineup, people are going to see the seven runs, but you went seven innings and had 10 Ks. So just talk to me about being in that atmosphere going against that lineup, but man, being able to grind it out and still be able to give your team a real shot at winning that game. Um, I mean, they hit two, three run home runs. Gilbert's still hasn't landed. It's still orbiting near somewhere. <laughs> um, I mean, two really good swings. The ball Ortega hit outs. Like, I'll I'll see the highlights every now and then. I still can't believe. Like, that was a perfectly executed pitch up and in at 96, and he just turned on it and got every stitch of it. And I'm like, all right, like, tip your cap. Uh, The Gilbert one, I went splitter, splitter, both buried. He swung at both of them, and I went to go back for the third one, and I didn't quite get it down, and he was sitting all over it. Uh, He's actually best friends with one of my teammates, so I've had conversations with him about it. He's like, dude, I was sitting it the entire time, and – He's like, you just do it where I could hit it. So I'm like, all right. Other than that, those two swings, it was one of those things. I'm like, you know what? The crowd's going to give me all the energy I need. I just got to go out here and trust what I'm going to do and kind of just fill up the zone and trust the guys behind me. I mean, Neto made some phenomenal plays at short, Belvin at third. The offense was unbelievable. I mean, got the SEC pitcher of the year out within four innings. So they gave me all the support I needed, and we just came up a little bit short. Yeah. You had a chance to see – 
Zach Neto play. <laughs> He's unbelievable, man. Oh, yeah. He, he gets called up and, like, it's just, like, he gets better. That kid is – he's ridiculous. Phenomenal athlete, phenomenal person, phenomenal teammate. It's just fun to watch him succeed. Is it, is it crazy to know, like, he's in the same lineup with Mike Trout and Otani? And, yeah, yeah like, and I was throwing to him in scrimmages a right. year and a half ago, and now he's hitting off MLB All-Stars and future Hall of Famers. But you know what makes that. that wilder in that same game – Featured Ben Joyce, who is now in that's that right. lineup. Yep. So yeah. you can throw it a little bit, a little bit, man. That though, those I know this. Throw three I know, a little bit. Yeah, I know this episode is about Cade, but the pitching ninja put up those videos. Oh man, the it's break like, is ridiculous. Yeah, it's not that it's just one hundred and two; it's the way it's moving through the zone. Anyway, glad I don't play baseball, but uh, nonetheless, like I said, man, gutsy performance. Uh, everybody had to tip their cap, man. Um, like you said, obviously, you know, they, they got what they got, but it gave your team a fighting chance and, and man, y'all had some tough draws and, you know, obviously, um, Randy's going to talk to you in a second, uh, about this season and, and the draw y'all got, but I wanted to talk to you about something before I passed you over, man. I, I had messaged you last night. I had saw a video, um, you know, talk to me about, you know, there are the struggles in life just in general, but being a student athlete, the pressures of getting it done academically, the pressures of getting it done on the diamond. Um, just talk to me about, you know, what mental health means to you, because I saw that video and it inspired me because I, Cade Beloso, you know, I'm an LSU fan, obviously, had just came out last week and spoke on it. And I don't think enough athletes, you know, me, Randy and Daniel have talked about it, uh, talk about the the stress that comes with it. So, man, just in a quick little, you know, segment tell me you know about what it means to you and the, and the stress that comes with you know all that you know the mental health aspect I think it's something we talked I talked about there at the end is it's okay to not be okay and like kind of admitting that is big and understanding that like there's people here to help you um I hid from it for a long time and try to just like bury it and push it off I'm like you know I'm gonna be all right I'm gonna be all right finally like got to me a little bit and I had to work through it all and then I've decided like if I can be open about it, I can deal with any of the stigmatisms that come with it and any of that. But like, if I can help one person understand like, Hey, it's okay to not be okay and be that kind of person for them, then any uncomfortability I could ever feel would be worth it. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. We talked about that. We've talked about that a lot on this show. So shout out to you for doing that. But listen, we've talked about a lot of your uh, accolades, stats and all that, but I want, I don't want to gloss over this, man. Because I don't think I ever made honor roll. But for you, you were a two-time Big South presidential honor roll. So, Kay, talk to us about what academics and why that's so important to you. Um, I think that's just something I was raised on. Like talk, I joke around. I watched my brother kind of go through high school, and he was the guy that would get 98s on his tests and not do his homework and get a B or C in the class. And I was like, you know what? Like Academics are super important to me. Uh was lucky enough to come into Campbell with 18 credits from AP courses in high school. So I was like, you know what? We have a four plus one program at Campbell. I'll get my regular degree in three years, my master's in four. Uh, that's before I thought baseball was going to take off the way it did. And then I realized like, hey, I can make something out of this baseball. And just kind of love that with all academic team this year. So at least I could kind of talk about being the team GPA booster and joke around with that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 
2022 USA Collegiate National Team. Talk about that experience. We talked about it a little bit, but talk about what it was like to wear that red, white, and blue, obviously put on for your country, and just who were a couple players were that you really enjoyed your time with uh, while you were there? Uh, I mean, wearing the red, white, and blue is something I'll never forget and something I'll never take for granted. Uh, July 4th in Charlotte, so in my hometown, whole family in the stands, like, wearing the red, white, and blue for the anthem. I, I Even Coach Bianco told us, he's like, you're going to feel something you've never felt before. And, like, it's indescribable kind of the feeling you get. Um, I think I got pretty close with Hurston Waldrip. I think him and I kind of joke around about having similar type arsenals. So I think I learned a lot from him. And then my best friend, he moved up from Louisiana, and he's actually best friends with Tanner Hall. So kind of him and I had that kickstart little uh, piece to us that I could kind of bond with him over. Yeah, what was it like being around Coach Bianco after after all that time? That guy finally gets a you know College World Series, and then he's right back to it. Oh, it was um, he showed up and didn't skip a beat. He's like, you know what? He's like, I'll celebrate when I celebrate, but like I'm here for this. I'm here to go win a gold medal, and then it was just a phenomenal mentor and coach throughout the entire process. Yeah, seems like a really good dude. So back into you, man. This season, eight no and twelve appearances, two point eight two ERA, eighty seven Ks, third year experience. But my question is this. What was it that you did, or do you think it was the mustache that really got you over the top? <laughs> uh, I think the mustache has been big. I, I love it. Uh, I like to joke around. I try to pitch with it, with the goatee, and just stick with what works. If it's just the stash, if it's the goatee, whatever I can have out there. Um, but I think just kind of having the guys behind me just support me um, and understanding, like, I kind of came in early and was struggling early because I put all that pressure on myself. I'm like, oh, I'm throwing on Fridays, like, I'm supposed to be the dude. Everybody on the internet's telling me I'm supposed to be the dude. Like, I got to go out here and be the dude. And I, like, lost myself a little bit in that process. And I remember telling my coach during that Lafayette outing earlier in the year, I, for the first time, I was like, I felt normal out there. I kind of clicked into that, like, rhythm, and it kind of just went from there. Um, so kind of just honing in and being myself and not worrying about any of the outside pressures. I wrote under my hat, just trust the process and stay the course. Like, I, if I just do what I can do, my team's going to take care of me. God's going to take care of me, and everything's going to take care of itself. Speaking of taking care of business, your last game in the Big South tournament, you went seven innings, two hits, no walks, no runs, nine Ks. So safe to say, after a performance like that, you did trust the process, trusted your mechanics, and you're dialed in and ready for the postseason. Is that factual? I hope so. <laughs> it's 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 like a every day's a new game kind of thing with the pitcher. I know how you guys are real emotional. We have Daniel here and he's always like that. Like every podcast is like, we don't know. We just don't know. All right, man. So last question before I do hand you back over to your fellow pitcher. Um, 15 of the 16 regional hosts were top 16 in the RPI. Y'all being the one that wasn't the top 16 and got left out. Finish the rankings number 12. Is this team? taking that as an extra chip on their shoulder and just using that as extra motivation? Oh, without a doubt. I don't think there's any animosity here. I think it's all like, you know what, like we talk about the nobodies from nowhere and that just plays directly into our mantra. I, I couldn't have been a better storyline for us. The nobodies from nowhere kind of dealt the hand we were. And it's like, you know what, like we get to prove to the country who we are and kind of take that next step forward. Randy, do you think they should have made an immediate executive decision when Kentucky couldn't even put people in hotels and give it to Campbell who deserved it anyway? You know, I wasn't, I'm just going to say that I think Campbell had a much better hotel situation. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Daniel, take over. 
I, I got to ask, Kate, when, when selection day rolls around, are you guys thinking, are you glass half full or glass half empty? Are you going, you know what, we're, we're going to be a host or are you going, are you saying, you know what, we're probably going to get screwed here? Um, that whole day, I think we were back and forth. There was like 15 of us that went to dinner at that 830 host selection show. And we're all like talking right before. And I think a lot of us convinced ourselves that we had it. We were like, you know what, like RPI is high, whatever. Um, and I, and kind of in my mind, I'm like, you know what, like if we don't get it, it might be really good for us that like, we talk about the extra chip on the shoulder. I'm like, we just had a good week. Like if we can just keep that fire rolling and get a little bit of extra motivation, like we can roll in somewhere and really do some damage. I mean, I'll say this, it's not even just Campbell. I think the mid majors altogether got screwed. I mean, there's, I think so. there's three or four of y'all that have a real case. Oh yeah. I thought Southern Miss after they won the Sunbelt was a lock for a host. And I'm like, you know what? Like those guys earned it. And if, if you don't know, the RPI is a, is a flawed system, but we're going to use it to make, <laughs> make most of our decisions except for one. Oh, man. It, it's Here's what I'll tell you, Kate. We went round and round about that, and you guys never wavered off of our radar as far as being a host. We thought you guys deserved it, thought you guys should have had it, and thought you guys were going to have it. And when you didn't, we were very vocal about how it, we, we felt as though you guys were slighted. And maybe it, it kind of plays into your hand, like you were saying, like maybe that's a little bit of extra chip, a little extra motivation to go out. And, you know, you, you roll into Columbia and you, you got you guys know what business is at hand. You've, you've been there before. So you know what you got to do. So, um, Daniel, would you like to tell him the problem, though? Would you like to tell them who you root for? I mean, I, I have adopted <laughs> – I've adopted South Carolina as my team because I'm not an SEC fan, but this podcast, we have a lot of SEC guests. So I felt as though I needed to pick one opposite of these two guys. So, you know, I had, you know, I had Will Sanders come on and he convinced me. So I, well, my brother, got, my brother graduated from here and South Carolina was my dream school from the time I was about 10. So Oof. you're not alone as a Carolina. This will be the first weekend of my entire life. I'm not a Carolina fan. Oh, hey. you, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a crazy. it's going to be a crazy couple weeks for me, but whatever, whatever plays out, I'm just happy. I get a chance to watch really good baseball. So with that, I don't, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not going to say anything. I just want to get into this game, Kate, man. This has been a good episode. Let's, let's keep the momentum moving. We're going to play a game called This or That. It's a game that we played with 200-plus guests. If you say that you're not going to play, you'd be the first. So I, <laughs> I'm not going to give you the option. We're going right into it, okay? Perfect. All right, so it's, it's simple. I'll give you two options. You choose one option or the other. Can't say both. Can't say neither. You down? Perfect. All right, here we go. If you had a time machine, would you go back in the past or would you go to the future? Past. What would you do? Would you do something different or would you just relive a moment? I'd re I think I'd relive a few moments. What what you, moment? When you shush what? the crowd? I would not, I would probably watch myself shush the crowd and be like, God, that guy's an idiot. Um <laughs> no, I think that COVID year is so good. Gosh, <laughs> like COVID, I was so good. Uh, COVID with my best friends. I think that was one of the most pristine times in my life. And I go back and just watch those memories over and over. You know, we've had a lot of people come on here and, and 
we don't want to downplay COVID at all. But there's a lot of people who come on this show and they said COVID was the best thing that happened to me as an athlete. Oh, no doubt. I would agree. Um, gives you a chance to take a step back, gives you a chance to kind of get better without the pressures of having a season on top of it and having all these things thrown at you. It kind of life kind of slows down and you, I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to do that. Um, and the fun and, fact will be this podcast would have never existed if it wasn't for COVID. Very, very, very true. Um, next question. Would you rather, uh, let's see what you did here, Jim. I see what you did. Would you rather travel by a camel or by a horse? Camel. camel sure. Like we could pick another answer. Yeah. So I, I, I got a question. So would you ride on a hump or ride in between the humps? <laughs> well, our camel lo- mascot is one hump. So do I have to pick the two hump camel? No. no. I don't know. What a rookie question that was. <laughs> one hump or two humps. We're a one hump camel, so I'd sit in front of it and have it, the hump as my backrest. Okay, I got you. That's that's a that's probably the most comforting way to sit on a camel, if I got to be honest. <laughs> so, would you rather be trapped in a romantic comedy with your enemies or a horror movie with your friends? So, rom com with the enemies, horror movie with your friends. Horror movie with my friends. I think the characters are stupid and should just easily get out of it. So, I think we'd be fine. What if it's a movie like Saw, where you got to pick <laughs> pick the person's leg that you got to cut off? Let's cut off my own leg, and we'll go about our business. Wow! Wow! What a stud, dude! Sacrificing. So we we've asked this question, and I've used that same example with other guests, and they'll immediately like go, "Oh, this guy!" Like they've like <laughs> replayed this scenario in their head. Like they know exactly who they hope is. And, in this and I ain't sawing my leg off for either of y'all. Let's just be clear. No, not a chance. <laughs> I think I know who I'd pick. I just don't want to hurt his feelings if he happens to listen to this. Is it your brother? Just no, no, I love, I love my brother. It's not, it's, it's not Nito, is it? I mean, no, it'd be one of my my friends back home. I'd cut his leg off in a heartbeat. No, I understand. Would you rather go to a concert or a sporting event? Bucket list concert, bucket list sporting event. Bucket list concert. What, what? we know, we know who it is. Zach Bryan at Red Rocks. Take me there. Perfect. So, you know what, Daniel? He doesn't deserve the sound because he said Red Rocks. So many people don't know where they would want to see it, and he picked the right place. You know, Red Rocks is being played out. Red Red Rocks. There's no like, such thing as being played the out. It's the spot. Red Rocks is like when guys shoot a three and they just do this. Listen, man, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something, man. Jim, Florida has officially changed our boy. Uh, he's changing man he just wants to be on the beach with like the ocean in the background watching like taylor swift man i don't know what's going on. uh so if you don't like country and you're you're in florida what music do you listen to everything to rap. country everything except that's uh, yeah, so, here, I'm, I'm actually willing to bet when he works out every day he still listens to memphis rap um pretty it's in the rotation <laughs> depends i got i got a couple podcasts that i gotta listen to for sure uh, I got to get caught up on my news. So it really, it really depends. But most of the time, you know, Memphis rap is in the rotation for sure. That man said, I don't listen to country, but I do have MMCNBC on there. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. Hey, <laughs> All right. Black uniforms or white uniforms? Uh, I love our all blacks. Oh, they're so fresh. They're so if, 
I'm not gonna say if when when you make it to Omaha, okay, you may not like them so much because it is hotter than balls in That's Omaha. I threw in uh, black pins in Arizona with Canes National, so you'll be fine. Much hotter than that. Yeah, you're you're good. Would you rather be attacked by a grizzly bear or a tiger? You gotta. You, you're not surviving either. But if no, you're, you're not. Which one's? I think grizzly bear be quicker. So I'm gonna go grizzly bear. Yeah, me too. I'm going grizzly bear. You might, you might catch them napping. They like to hibernate. You might catch them on a full belly. Um, you know, you're not gonna outrun it. You're not gonna outclimb it. Uh, you're not gonna outmuscle it. But may just get lucky. I, I think Nick Kurtz, the last guest, actually stole the show by saying he wanted to wrestle it. I mean, I, I've, I've been waiting for a guest looking for the challenge. I mean, you hear of bear attack survivors. When's the last time you heard of a tiger attack survivor? <laughs> Never. 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 You're right. Never heard of it. They, they hunt at night, too, so that's that's kind of a, like a, a no-win situation. Last question, Cade. Before we let you bounce, man, would you rather betray your best friend or would you rather go to jail for five years, but it's going to jail for a crime you didn't commit? I mean, how bad is this betrayal are we talking about? Oh, this is the ultimate betrayal. There's no coming back. Like, y'all are not boys no more. Like, it's worse than just cutting your boy's leg off. Like, this is like. Yeah, no, put me in jail. Um, No doubt. I mean, he did say he would cut off his own leg, so. That's that's pretty tough, but I mean, if I lose one of them, I'm losing all five of them, and it's gonna yeah, send me to jail. I mean, break me out or something. Look, these dudes have heard me say this, give this spiel hundreds of times. They're my best friends, but in the scenario, I ain't going to jail. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't spending five years, five months, five weeks, five days. I ain't even going. Five minutes in the parking lot, Kate, for these dudes. <laughs> they, I ain't seeing it. I'm just not doing it. It ain't for me. But, That's like, but like Randy said, he he said he cut off his legs. So I believe him now at this point. Well, you got to be some somebody special to go into jail, and you got to be somebody real special to to do it for five years for something you didn't do. So I I, I tip my hat to you, Kate. It's a very stand-up stand up move up for you. All right, Kate, anything you want to plug or promote, man, before you guys get out of here? No, I think I'm good. All right, well, I'm going to help you out. If y'all want to know what Cade Keeler's doing just on a random Wednesday night, it could be in a conference room. It could be, you know, eating tacos. Who knows? He could be doing anything. Go over to IG at Cade Keeler. Or if you want to check out what the Camels got going on on the baseball field, going over to IG at GoCamels at BSB, and you'll see everything. You're going to see the starting pitcher for Friday's game. You're going to see you know, the starting lineups. You'll see it all. You might even see some highlights, some stats, some scores, some live updates. You never know. Go on there. Check them out. K-Man, we know that you guys, you know, Kick things off on Friday, 1 o'clock. Got NC State, um, ACC Network. I urge everybody, if you haven't had a chance to, to check out the Camels, please do. Check out our boy Kate. What we got to know, and you may not be able to disclose this, who's on the bump? 
I got it against State. There you go. There you go. You heard it here. Cade's got the ball. He's going to do big things. Okay, man, we wish you nothing but the best. Good luck uh, this weekend. And y'all do big things, man. Roll damn humps. Yes, sir. That's Cade Keeler, everybody. We're going to take a small break because when we come back, we've got a lot of regional baseball action to unpack. We've got to get into it. We've got to make our predictions, our picks, all of the above. So stick around, and we'll see y'all here in a second. Do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game. They have many different teams with many different sports. Myself as an LSU fan, I just got myself LSU baseball, LSU gymnastics, and LSU soccer posters to put up in the man cave. So get your posters today at the Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you, and guys, we got a lot to unpack. We got the 16 top national host site teams to to unpack. We've got the toughest regions, the easiest regions. We got our predictions. Uh, We got our hopes, our dreams, our wishes, and and just an overall good week in the baseball um, that we've got to talk about. So with that, Let's let's get into the, the top 16 seeds, the, the national host sites. Um, Wake Forest, number one, Florida, two, Arkansas, Clemson, LSU, Vanderbilt, Virginia, Stanford, Miami, Coastal, Oklahoma State, Kentucky, Auburn, Indiana State, South Carolina, Alabama. Jim, I'll start with you. Um, of the 16, is, is it a pretty accurate list or are there some major flaws, minor flaws? What do you see? Major flaws. I uh, I went on Twitter and said there would be no way in hell that there would be seven SEC hosts, and instead uh, there's eight. So there's more. Yeah. So um, yeah. The the flaw to me, um, this is where the RPI doesn't do the same as the eye test. Uh, we've all watched Kentucky. Um, that would be my first one. And then um, yeah, I mean you can go SC or Bama. I just know we just talked to Kate about Campbell, and then. I mean, easily DBU or Southern Miss. I just feel like two of those three teams should have got one as opposed to having eight SEC teams. Randy, how do you feel? 16 teams are out. Um, Good, bad, ugly. I thought that for the most part, you know, there was more bad, more good than bad, but I I agree with everything Jim said. I don't think that Kentucky North South Carolina should have been host. Both of them losing five of their last six series. Um, just really faulted down the stretch. I mean, South Carolina's coming in limping, and they said RPI was king, except for the Campbell thing. Um, and I think that if, you know, from a Tennessee perspective, if you're looking at it like that, they're 19th in the RPI. They beat both of those teams that are hosting. And then came the Kentucky Hotel debacle that I just think is embarrassing. And Campbell, as as I understand it, submitted a bid to host in a minor league stadium, had the hotel room. You know that Knoxville had it. I just think they were worthy, more worthy hosts than Kentucky and South Carolina. Do you think, Randy, that Kentucky knew this all along, that this was going to be an issue, and they refused to say anything? So I read today from the NCAA that they actually knew it and disclosed it, uh, but gave the NCAA their – their contingency plan for staying in the dorms 
Uh, so a lot more blame goes on the NCAA, in my opinion, than Kentucky, because obviously now they get to charge $195 a night. They're going to staff it with their people, but it's still, you're you're in the twin XL bunk beds, you're sharing bathrooms. It's not the same, man. It's not the same. So I don't know, man. They dropped the ball on this one, and I don't think, and we listened to them say on the selection show, to say things that you just can't say. Steve, I mean, Steve Cohen. Anyways. Athletic former athletic director of Mississippi State, he said, I'm not familiar with the teams in the Northeast. Like, you can't say stuff like that on a selection show when you're talking about regional hosts and all of them are in the South. Yeah, yeah, right. You're, you're, you're the chair that's supposed to be the the guy, like the spokesperson, the advocate for this whole process. And when you go on there and you say, I don't know anything about those schools, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's a problem. It's, it's a problem. What else is a problem is Jim and I talked about this on our, our reaction show is that you have these guys that are on the, the committee, but they're ADs at these other schools. And it's like, I know there's no way around that. Yeah. But what is there? There's gotta be a different way. Like in, in less, like I was telling Jim and I don't know the language of, of the whole job description for these guys, but Maybe that's a perk of being on the committee is that you get to advocate for your school, but when they're talked about, you got to leave. It's the main, it's the main reason for who was national champion last year. Everybody said it. If Ole Miss doesn't have a player in the room, that probably, they probably don't get that last bid. Maybe, maybe. But But that also goes the, uh, you know, two years ago, NC state, the same guy, he is – there was like two years in a row. One time NC State got left off. One time they got sent home, and their AD was a chairman of the committee. I mean, I don't know, man. They got to do something better because if you're telling me – we came up with the same thing back when in the college, uh, the March Madness, right, with the net. They they changed it. They came up with a new system that advocated more for road wins. The RPI is a flawed metric. There's no way you can convince me that Kentucky comes in, plays one game, loses – jumps Arkansas who plays and wins multiple games in the SEC tournament and they drop that makes no sense I mean I could pick a part one that's not even a big deal but Vandy should be ahead of LSU 100 percent I agree and then also if you look at it too DB uh, you know we've had a you know Stanford player on not hating on them not one top 25 win as currently constructed their record against the RPI one through 50 not great I mean, so, and you just reward them based off of what? And I don't think that you can't convince me in any way that these ADs are watching as much college baseball as we are, and they're definitely not watching Stanford. Well, that and that's the problem that I saw, because that's why, obviously, college football, they're watching, they they only got to pick a lot less teams, right? But they always talk about the eye test is a big deal, right? And it plays a factor. And I think that's got to matter, because what we just, I'm not trying to keep picking on one team, but if you watch Kentucky down the stretch, there's no way you're picking them. No. I mean, no, it's just like Kansas State. Them say, I mean, they finished ahead of two of the teams that got picked over them. I mean, explain it to me in a way that makes logical sense why they can fit head to head has to matter, right? And, and y'all finished, finish, and while you're saying that, Tennessee finished ahead of Kentucky and beat them head to head while we're going there. Beat them head to head, beat South Carolina on the last weekend at South Carolina. Everybody says, oh, they can't win a road game. They won a series in Columbia and they get to host a regional over that. Had Tennessee. They go into the SEC tournament, lose game one to Texas A&M. By the way, guys, Texas A&M ends up playing for the Dagum SEC tournament championship. That team's not bad. 
Not to mention, people forget this, and they're ragging on me on Twitter for AM beating Tennessee. Tennessee swept AM earlier in this this very season, swept them. So let's not act like they can't beat them. I think we we all know where we thought Texas AM was going to be at the end of the season in the conference. At the bottom. They were they were there. I mean, they were there. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't think we thought they would not make the tournament possibly, but they made it and they made a run and they had now they're being rewarded by being sent out to, to the West Coast. But either way, you know, I think looking at the sixteen, I think it's a really it, it's if you're telling me it's RPI, then say that and stick to that. Don't tell me it's a flawed system and then go, you know, we're still going to hold true to that because that makes no sense to me. But let me, let me ask you one question. This goes for both of you. And I know that it's a body of work, right? And that's fine. But when you look back at the past month, and I would have to tell you that Tennessee wins – I just didn't even tell you the team names. Team A wins 11 of their last 15, including a road series against one of these other three. The other one goes 3-14. and 14. The other one goes 4-12. and 12. I mean, there's just – Okay, so you bring that up, and it's interesting. Uh, the South Carolina coach – actually spoke on this mid-game and said that it's about the whole body of work. It's not necessarily what you do at the end. In any sport, that's never been the case. It's always about what you've done. A perfect example, and it's why I haven't complained about them being a host, is Bama. Bama has rolled down the stretch. That's right, and that's that's my argument. But Bama is only hosting for what they did down the stretch. You can't tell me it's a body of work. Yeah, that first half, they, not good. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess – the next question I have for you guys is these teams that were snubs that didn't get in or um, teams that got in that we thought maybe shouldn't get in. Should there be some type of play in system to make this more equitable? Well, I don't know. I don't know the logistics of how that works other than you go, all right, you're a play-in in the Baton Rouge region. You two teams are going to go there on a Tuesday or Wednesday and play, and the winner's just going to stay there until Friday, and they're they're going to play. Well, Randy, the- I know you had to have seen the graphic I saw. They showed the first four in and the uh, mm-hmm. the first four out, and they said they, they should play against each other. I'm all for that. Yeah, I agree, but I guess at some point the argument to that is where does that stop, right? Then it'll be like the next four in, and then what what do you do logistically because we know – we love it, but college baseball does not have the money that these other sports do, like football and basketball. So, at what you know, it's especially on some of these college baseball teams, that there's probably only 10 in the country that make money. I think that's where you would run into problems. Let, let me ask you a question in regards to those, those first four out, Randy, because me and Daniel already talked about it on the, um, the recap, uh, rapid reaction. You know, Tulane, obviously, they win their, their, their conference tournament, right? But like, a 19-win team, man. Like, oh. th- does it bother you? Oh, man, I think it's a participation trophy because now you just told me that his body of work is a whole RPI thing, but now the body of work doesn't matter in a 19-win team. A team that had won 14 games going into their conference tournament is now playing in the big tournament? No, I hate it. Well, the the counter-argument that, to that is that the most popular tournament – that we have that's what happens and bids get steal stolen all the time um with basketball and that's what makes i guess it fair and equitable and fun 
is when the little guy wins. In this case, I don't. I'm okay with Tulane getting in. Does it suck that they're getting in over another team? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm okay with it because of what regional they got put in. So go ahead with it. Yeah, how did that happen? How did <laughs> and, that happen? And, and we're gonna get it, get into this, but people out there that are saying that Tulane is is playing with house money and they're gonna. <laughs> ridiculous stop. just stop with all that like it's a run not, people try to compare it to like the old miss thing but old miss was ranked number one at one point this season yeah, it, it yeah and that makes no also did y'all not play tulane at any point this season i mean we just did. Being that we close. already looked at i think it would i say daniel 12 4 12 5 something yes 11 to 4 and surely to goodness they're not pitching paul skeens against tulane no they're gonna go with that you heard i would throw anybody like now that your herd's been good. You in the second row, can you throw strikes? That's what I mean. I'm not. I'm not knocking. I'm, this isn't an attack on their pitching staff or bullpen because I think they'll be fine, especially in their regional. But I, I'm just saying, I wouldn't risk any of my top three arms against Tulane. And I'm not bagging on Tulane. I, I don't. I'm sure they're fine. They're nice kids. But you're but, right. We should put up ten plus <laughs> runs, and it shouldn't matter. That offense should explode because, especially without look, this is perfect. As Kristen Moy always says, this is a get right game. Everybody that's been struggling with their bats the last couple weeks, come on down. Absolutely. All right. So the the brackets are set. The regions are set. So let's let's get into it, Jim. I'll start with you, man. The the toughest region. What are you, what are you looking at? I mean, obviously there's a few out there, but. In your opinion, what's the what's the most difficult road uh, that any one team has in their region? Uh, I'd say Stillwater. I mean, you've talked about Oral Roberts, um, how hard it is to win that many games, regardless of being a mid-major. DBU, who we feel like should have been a host, and then Washington, who is a solid team within itself. So, I mean, to me, and Oklahoma State isn't just a world beater, in my opinion, in general. So I feel like Stillwater, for me, if I had to pick one, um, obviously, you know, Clemson. But if I had to pick one, it's this one. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the I can convince myself that three of the four teams in that region can win it. Um, but... You know, if you're Oklahoma State and you get the chance to host, like you're not happy looking across seeing uh, Dallas Baptist and you're really not happy knowing that you got to turn around and play a 46 win Oral Roberts team. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, they're they're probably one of the only teams that going against what Randy was just saying, like for what LSU, they actually have to throw somebody that's good because Oral Roberts is swinging. For sure. So, Randy, what about you? What's what's your thought? What's the toughest region? I don't disagree with anything that was just said, but just to pick a different one, and I think you even started to say this, I, Clemson, they're, they're regional, and this isn't just because of Tennessee, but Charlotte and Lipscomb are no pushovers. I mean, Charlotte, they lost the first game of the Conference USA tournament, and then they went on a run. I think they won five straight. Um, they actually have – he leads the nation in home runs with 30 of them. Um, Lipscomb was a little bit of a head scratcher that they weren't in the Vanderbilt regional. Cause you know, after all this is a regional, but, um, I mean, they, they, they're okay too. I saw them play against Vanderbilt this year. So I'll play against Tennessee this year. I think top to bottom, if I was going one through four, that, that could, I could talk myself in to that being the toughest regional. You got the hottest team in the country in Clemson, 16 straight wins, Tennessee coming in as a two seed, maybe, maybe the toughest to nah, maybe Campbell, but 11 out of 15, 
Um, and then, you know, like I, I mentioned, the other ones with Charlotte and Lipscomb, they got star power. For sure. Well, let's flip it. Randy, what's the easiest region? Um, you know, I've really gone back and forth on this. I think that it's between LSU and Vanderbilt. And the reason that I think LSU obviously having Tulane, but Oregon State is a little bit tougher, I think, than Oregon. Um, and, and I don't even know their head-to-head, but I know Oregon State's dealing with some injuries with their pitching staff. However, top two pitchers are out, I believe. Top, yeah, that's that's a huge blow. So I think LSU does cruise through there. But I think that Vanderbilt really got the benefit of the doubt here. Um, I mean, Oregon, Xavier, Eastern Illinois. This is no knock on these dudes. This is the first time that Eastern Illinois has been in the tournament since 2008. So it's been a minute, bro. But Xavier, I did look this up. They've won two games in their last two trips, going two and two as a three seed. So maybe they got some, but I think Vanderbilt, the way they're playing right now, obviously they've looked really, really good in the SEC tournament. Um, but I just think that's an easy one, man. I I got two. Um, and one is contingent upon if the team plays the way that they've been playing. I think Alabama has the easiest road, the easiest region, if – it's the same Alabama team that we've been seeing the past few weeks. Um, but if I'm just going to go straight up with what I see, I think Arkansas. And I know people are going to be like, well, you got TCU. They're playing. I, I don't – I don't. and Jim, you, you're going to disagree because I think you think TCU is going to win that region. But I think Arkansas is going to do what it normally does. There's one thing that, that Dave Van Horn knows. That's how to win in postseason. He knows how Except. to get there. You know, he knows how to get there. You know, if you think I think TCU's going to win, shoot. that TCU, when they beat the mess out of them, did not face Hagen Smith or Hunter Holland or Brady Tiger. So that's 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 what I'm going at. You know what? As I look at it, though, since I, you know, I don't want to give the same answers either, y'all. I mean, Wake Forest has got a nice setup because Maryland, Big Ten champ, don't mean much to me. I watched them get worked by Ole Miss, who finished last in the SEC, and then George Mason and Northeastern. Come on over to the couch. Wake six and a rake. I I can agree with that. Um, I do too, but I do think Maryland is going to put up a fight, though. Dude, Daniel, let me tell you something. Right before we came on here, me and and Randy teamed up. I had to go against my own fan base. Speaking of Wake Forest, this isn't at random. They said we had the best first and third baseman in the country, and I said – Brock Wilkin and Nick Kurtz would like to have a word. And so they decided that they wanted to make an argument. So Randy naturally threw the stats out. And I just I don't, don't have, I, I haven't I haven't heard from them since. Yeah, I just don't understand. Like obviously I'm a huge Trey Morgan fan. I mean, I'm a huge Tommy White fan. Those guys are fun to watch play. But Brock Wilkin has half of the errors. He hits 351. He's got 27 home runs. Like, why do we have to bash on other players just to prop our team up? That's the part that doesn't make sense to me. I won't, oh. there, There's nobody on Tennessee's team that I would say is the best at their the, position. The, 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 the funniest part, Daniel, was on the first base one. So he tells Randy that because Nick Hurts only has one error on the season, he goes, Trey Morgan would have zero. And so Randy was quick to say he had four last year and seven his freshman year. So he said to think that he would have none is asinine. Not to mention, we're talking about the team that's been number one for a, a good hot minute. Yeah, that team is stupid good. Yeah. So, um, you know, move, moving on, we, we got to talk predictions. Um, I think the the best way to do this, guys, is, is let's 
start with the left side of the bracket with wake force and we work our way down the left side then we'll go back up to the right side and work our way down there so um jim start with you wake forest george mason northeastern maryland um wake force gets a 34 win george mason team northeastern and maryland two uh northeast teams um coming down to north carolina to to try to see what what the the number one team in the land's made of. So who you got? I got Wake Forest. And one of the beautiful parts about doing this podcast is we had all three Wake Forest guests say they had a salty taste in their mouth about College Park last year. And so they're welcoming in Maryland with open arms. I bet they are. Randy, who you got? Oh, man. Wake, easy. Did y'all know, obviously you do know this, this is not free betting advice, but they're plus 380 to win the whole thing. Dude, did you know that they were plus 4,000 when I was trying to get y'all to go in on it with me? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm aware. I, I said, let's do it, and you said, okay. Neither of y'all sent me any money. Hey, Venmo. Do, you know, do you know who's second right now, according to the betting website I'm looking at? Uh, at plus 650. Probably still LSU. Still LSU, Arkansas third, Florida fourth, Vanderbilt fifth. Four out of five SEC schools and the best team in the country. I know we're a mostly SEC podcast, but please, for the love I of think, God, watch What's Tennessee at? I'm going to go put my money on Tennessee because they're going to have great odds. I got them, actually, and I'll let you know that in a second. I, I bet on them at the same time you were trying to give me the bet on LSU. Should have bet both. <laughs> All right, moving down. Alabama, uh, the Tuscaloosa. Randy, who who are you taking? Uh, I am. Wait, 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 wait. I wrote this down. I'm like you. I think that if the same Alabama team shows up that's been playing, they kind of walk through there. But we have also seen. You know what? You know what? Give me Boston College. Wow, The, the the Eagles. I'll never pick an Alabama team on this podcast think that Boston College should have been a host? No, 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 I don't think that. I but know. I think they're pretty good. Uh, Debatable. Debatable, maybe. I think Nichols is the second best team in that region. <laughs> Troy's, well, Troy is actually really good. The question is, Jim, do you have the to, – to, to take a Troy or a Nichols? I don't have the stones. Give me Bama with no coach. Bama. You know, I'm man. This ain't where I'm gonna roll the dice. I got a lot of. <laughs> I got a, the top of the right side is where I got a lot of work to 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 roll the dice. So I'm 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 gonna go Bama. I think we. I don't think these teams are good enough to force Bama to be anything different than what they, than what we've seen in the past three weeks. Could be wrong, but I, I, I think they're rolling. I think they're they've got that that ship that we're that we're talking about. They're playing really well. They're getting lots of opportunities, and, and maybe I just think it's great because everyone said they would fall off when their coach got fired, and instead they just started winning everything. They weren't their coach they're wasn't not, betting against them. Yeah, right. So the 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 bets. The lineup started looking a little different. Oh, everybody's getting opportunities now all of a sudden. So, um, Moving into that, that Coral Gables region, Miami, you know, 
I am going to take Miami, and I know that that is a mistake, but I'm, I'm going to do it. So give, give me Miami. Jim, who are you going with? Who are you rolling? God, I hate picking fraud you. I'm going to do it too, but, I mean, I wouldn't put a dollar on it. Randy, you going to go Maine? Uh, no. <laughs> I Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I think Louisiana is going to play in this regional championship game. I think they're going to give them all they want. But I am going to go Miami. I just think their talent is a little too much. Okay. All right. Dropping down, going out west to Stanford. Stanford, San Jose, Cal State, Fullerton, and that hot Texas A&M team. Randy, who, who, who you got? Did you know that Stanford is the only team in the nation with two players hitting over 390 with 10-plus home runs? Did you? I no. say all that to say this. Give me A&M. Jim, who are you taking? I just want to put out there that Tommy uh, White is hitting like 379, so I just need him to bump up like 11 points, and we can have that as well. But anyway. Um, well, they Tommy Troy is one of them. And that is why. And that is why. Because we only have a guest from one of these teams. And I want to see him in Omaha when I get there and say, what up, Tommy? Remember I had you on the podcast like six months ago. So give me Stanford for a third straight time. Well, I know we're only picking regional. They're gonna go to Omaha a third straight time. Watch this shit. That's see, that's that's that him trying to wish that his projections are come to fruition. But um I I I think Stanford Stanford takes it. Um I don't think Texas AM is that good. Um, You're a lot picking a lot of chalk here, and I want y'all to know. Ran. Uh, just, just not play. how it goes. Hey, Randy, can I tell? Can I tell you something? By the way, while well, he was talking about one of my predictions, I don't know if you know this because me and him talked about it. I can only get six out of eight in uh, my preseason Omaha predictions because damn, three of them are in the same region. Oh. Ain't that about a bitch? All right, so moving on. Baton Rouge, LSU, Tulane, uh, Sam Houston, um, LSU. I don't talk about it. I mean, I'm I'm gonna go LSU. I know the, the bullpen woes are there, but I don't. I, I think they're gonna get three dominating performances, and I really think they're just gonna. Well, that's your herd has turned a corner. Atkinson's been looking good. Riley Cooper's actually been looking good. Gavin Gidry can close. Um, if they can just keep a, I'm not. You know, I don't like to throw shade at people. If they can just keep a certain few pitchers off the field permanently, we'll be good. All right, Randy, you gonna go chalk again? Did you know? <laughs> Did you know? The so, more you know. Look, Tulane won the AAC tournament with a 19 and no, listen, with a 19 and 40 record. That is not the worst regional record. The worst regional record is Wright State at 16 and 36 in 2014. Even worse. Yeah. All right. I'm picking LSU, and they're also going to play Sam Houston State because I don't think Oregon State is very good, and they're missing their top two. Sam Houston State winning game one, and then they'll fight their way back to LSU in the regional, but LSU rolls. All right. Moving on. Kentucky. These these little shady devils. These <laughs> dudes. Um, you know, despite all the nonsense, I wouldn't have picked them anyway. 
And I don't know if y'all have seen my rankings, <laughs> top 25 rankings over the past, I don't know. Which, by the way, that's another note. Do you know Kentucky's not in the top 25 when they're hosting? <laughs> Makes no sense. Well, I'm going Indiana. Been, which which he had them ranked in like the six. Look, Indiana got swept at one point in the year, Randy, and they didn't move. They stayed like six on there. there. My man no. is nothing if not consistent. I'm telling you, like I, I, I know my guys. The the, the Hoosiers are ready to get after. <laughs> Jim, who you got? I hate to keep going chalk, but we've only got to guess one of these teams. His name's. Hunter Gilliam is the captain, so give me Kentucky and their advantage because they got kids sleeping in dorm rooms on the other teams. They're going to wake up with sore backs from them bunk beds. Twin XLs. And you go in West Virginia? Did you know? Here we go. (laughs) That the last time Indiana made the College World Series, they were led by none other than Kyle Schwarber in 2013. And for that reason, I will never pick a Cub. (laughs) So here's what I'll do. I am going to go West Virginia because they have a second baseman, J.J. Weatherholt. He ranks second nationally with a 443 average and has 15 home runs and 56 RBIs. That's good enough to beat Kentucky. And rumor has it is he'll be an LSU Tiger next year. I do also believe that. (laughs) Yeah. If you're a mid-major and you're any good, you're going to – you're not going to be there anymore. Is West Virginia a mid-major? Bro? No, they're not, man. They're oh, not. I, they might as well Jesus. be. What he's saying. JJ Weatherholt, come on our podcast and address DB to his face. Yeah, that was that was not a good, good, good moment on my part. But you're probably right. He's probably not going to be there much longer. Players mess up. Never forget. Pimps. Yeah, that's right. You know, it was this. Auburn. You guys think Auburn should be hosting? Yes. Yeah, they've been red hot. Auburn, Penn, Sanford, Southern Miss. Sanford, you want to talk about a team that's going to – that gets cherry-picked from the, the portal? That team. No doubt. Get lit up. So, Jim, who you got? Southern Miss. They got screwed out of hosting, and it's their coach's last season. And they're talented. Randy, who you got? Ben, the Quakers? Yeah, I'm definitely going Quakers. Um, Yeah, like Jim just said, Coach Scott Barry will retire. Did you know that he has led his team to the tournament nine out of 13 times? Give me the Golden Eagles. Even though they have a crappy home stadium, I got them. I'll take Southern Miss as well. Um, you know, I don't – I know Auburn – is coming off of being in Omaha last year. I know that they're red hot, but I still like there's just something in me that just doesn't you know doesn't we're think they're better than Southern Miss. We're really foolish because Butch Thompson, this is what he does. He just gets yeah. to Omaha. He's like he's like Van Horn. He just he knows he how just to get gets there. there. But I'm with you. I think Southern Miss is just they're prime. Like they're ready to do this. I mean, if you think about it, too, Southern Miss is a team that they're like they're this moment isn't going to be too big for them. Absolutely not. All right, Andy, we're going to go to Clemson. This is big. You got Clemson, you got Lipscomb, you got Charlotte, you got Tennessee. I'll come to you last, Randy, because I, okay. I know you're still pondering. 
Yes, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm I'm taking Tennessee. I think they are better than all of those teams, and I don't think Clemson is that good. Jim, who you got? Tennessee. Oh, Jim's gonna go Tennessee. It's an Omaha prediction. Baby, yeah, tell me something I did not know. Did you know that Clemson started the ACC two and eight? Before rattling off, they lost a uh, first game of an early April series at Florida State. Florida State, the team that just lost their 44-year tournament appearance streak, but went on to win 18 of their last 20 league games, including 16 in a row, being crowned ACC champs. But, Daniel, I'm here to tell you right now, Clemson fans were in my mentions today saying that Tennessee has not played in an atmosphere like that and I swear to God almost blocked them all they played in Alex Box they played in Swayze they played in Duty Noble they've been in the Gainesville whatever that crappy stadium's called they've been a lot of places Dolander they specifically called out Chase Dolander as a guy that's never pitched in that atmosphere come on Clemson for one, I didn't even know you had baseball fans. For two, we just merch y'all in the Orange Bowl. Your, your daggum athletic department wouldn't even post the final score. They better post the final score when we run rule y'all in your own regional. Okay? Go Vols. Wow. And fun fact, Landon Sims came on the show and said if Clemson was any good, he would have went there. <laughs> Thank you, Landon. Hot. Wow. All right. Flipping over to the right side of the bracket, Gainesville. Got Florida, Florida A&M, Texas Tech, and UConn. I'm not going to sugarcoat this, guys. Y'all know how I feel. Y'all know where <laughs> here I'm going. Here it goes. Here it goes. Here comes UConn. <laughs> and for all y'all Twitter folks out there that that think that I'm paying attention to y'all's comments, I don't care what y'all have to say because my teams back it up when it matters. So here comes UConn. You know what? Was I'm- UConn number two in your final rankings? They were, I think. <laughs> um, but I almost just want to go to Gainesville because it's the closest that I could get to just to watch it all take place, just to watch Florida crumble at, at, at UConn's feet. But I'm not. Wow. I was watching it on TV. Anyhow, give me UConn. Randy, who you got? Did you know? Florida A&M's pitching staff ranks 256th nationally out of 295 teams and hits allowed per nine innings at 11.18. So Florida is absolutely going to murder them in game one. Florida rolls. I don't think – I look, UConn, great story, great coach. I love it. But we don't even know if they're any good because they haven't really played anybody. And when they did, they didn't win. So give me Florida to roll through this regional, like, like not even break a sweat. And it's hot in Gainesville. Jim, who you got? Florida. See how much that hurt him to say. He was like, he, me too. It, he had to come down deep. He had to he like, like, he had to will it out. Florida, huh? Yikes. I mean, I just told you I had to like go against my team in an argument. I had to defend Florida this week. I've had to defend Florida and go against LSU. This is a tough week for me. I know. I almost quit the podcast because I don't want to be associated with having to do things that I do, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> Can we just skip the next region? Just pretend like it's just not even there? You good? Yeah. South Carolina, Central Connecticut State. Hey, whole family is going to listen to this. I just want you to remember that. 
you know, let me let me go ahead and see this and get it out of the way. Cade, you're great. You're awesome. I think you're going to dominate North Carolina State, and your weekend is going to be over because you're going to pitch the whole game. It's going to be an awesome game. You know, I hope you throw a perfect game. But that's the extent because the Gamecocks are back, baby. They're going to get hot. Just because Will Sanders is coming out of the bullpen doesn't make them back, okay? They're back, trust me. Watch, watch Daniel, I got I got a prediction for you. I think he's going to pitch six innings only because they're going to tee off, and he's going to come back on three days rest to beat South Carolina. How do you like them apples? Well, Stud. I, I like my narrative a little bit better. But Jim, since you since you have a lot to say, who you got? I got Campbell, man. If I just said he's going to come back on three days rest and beat him, what am I saying? I have to beat him twice. Uh, no. Randy, who you got? Daniel, I know you know this, but South Carolina is limping into the regional. Five and 13 in their last 18 games. Did you know they were 13 and four after they swept Florida? A team we just talked about. Do you know when they fell apart was when they begged to be number one. They begged it. They, you didn't want it, AJ. Why did you want it? Roll damn humps. I'm going to tell you right now. We just had Kate on. Obviously, they got some pitching, but they're also second nationally in runs scored, second in slugging, fifth in home runs, and 11th in average. That team bats 318 as a team. Not only can they shove it, they can hang them. If you hang them, they bang them, South Carolina. Guess who else can bang them? Uh, recently, uh, tell me, it's just, it's just Petri. It's just Petri. So, I love that. I, I love that guy. Great guy. Here's what I. Here's what That's I. It's a big kid, by the way. Did you notice that in my picture of him? Yeah, he looked. He was towering. Much. Big dude. Here's what I do know. South Carolina down the stretch struggled against SEC opponents. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. You know what I don't see in that region? I don't see a SEC school one other than them. You do see a team that's been to two straight regionals against SEC teams, though. Yeah. The outcome's they didn't be- win either one of them. I'll give you that. Oh, there, there you go. There we go. All right. Moving on. Coastal, Ryder, UNC, Wilmington, and Duke. Jim, this is one of those oddball ones. Who are you looking at? Uh, give me Duke Blue Devils. They are not just a basketball school. What's up? Yeah, I I think UNC Wilmington is actually a decent team. But I think Duke is, is the team. Give me Duke. Randy, who you got? Well, now I'm pretty upset because I didn't think you would take them, but I also want Duke, and I don't think it's because I, I have any beef against Coastal Carolina. Should they have hosted? Should they have not? You know, that's up for debate. However, Duke has – we've seen them all year in the ACC, even that they've won some big series. They've really been competitive in the ones they didn't win, and their bullpen is nasty. Give me Duke. All right, Jim. Virginia, Army, Oklahoma. East Carolina, who you got? Give me the scurvy dogs, 
from ECU. Randy, who you got? Man, this is probably the one I spent the most time looking at because I'm just so back and forth between Virginia and East Carolina. On one hand, Virginia, they lead the country in batting average at 334. Kyle Till's hitting 414. They got at least six players with 100 at-bats. But in East Carolina's not hosting for the first time in six years. Mm, it's really going to be tough. I'm just going to be tough. I am going to go with just to be oppo. I'm going Virginia. Let me ask you this. A team like Oklahoma, who was one of the last two teams to play last year, they know how to get there. They know how to win. Is there anything that makes them intriguing as far as making this difficult? No. Don't even think they should have been in the tournament. I agree with that. Um, what about this Army team that, I mean, 38 wins for an Army team, that's, that's pretty good. I don't, I don't think this is going to be an easy road for Virginia. Um, so, they, I, I, got, I, I agree with you, but do you know they've lost eight straight tournaments? Now, they go a lot. They're there a lot. Hey, well, they've uh, lost eight straight. Bre breaking news while I was scrolling Instagram, Ethan Petrie and his South Carolina teammates were all sporting hey dudes, and I get it's for NIL, but that picture alone, Campbell's definitely going to roll. Man. Ooh. Eesh. Have you Dude. ever had a, have you ever put on a pair of hey dudes? Dude, they're so damn comfortable. I ain't going to lie to you, bro. Nah, I wouldn't put those things on if you paid me. No, I'm good. I'd be wearing them. They're comfortable. I, I do, too. You've seen my shoe game. Bumped it. Oh, I got nothing, dude. I got fifty pair of sneaks, but I'm still rocking some hey dudes here and there. No, oh. I probably have more than that. My wife says we need to get rid of them, but that's a story for another podcast. I got, I got ECU. Randy, you said Virginia. I got Virginia, man. What about Vanderbilt, Eastern Illinois, Xavier, Oregon? What are you taking? I'm taking Vanderbilt because, like I said earlier, that that's the easiest regional to me, and they're they're hot right now. And one thing you talked about, DVH, Butch Thompson. Tim Corbin, that dude gets there. Not only does he get there, he wins there. Right, right. I got Vandy too. Jim, who are you taking? Vandy. Yeah, I, I think once we look at it and we go through it, I, I, I do think it's a very easy road for those guys. Um, going from easy to now more difficult. Uh, Oklahoma State, Stillwater region. You got the, the Cowboys. Oral Roberts, Washington, DBU. Um, if DBU wasn't in this and it was any other team other than them, I would have picked Oral Roberts. But I got to go with DBU. So that's, that's, that's who I'm rolling with, DBU. Jim, who you got? DBU. I'm not a believer in Oklahoma State altogether, and DBU should have been hosting. We've talked about their strength of schedule. They have faced the big boys all year. They're not going to be afraid at all. Randy, who you got? The Golden Eagles of Oral Roberts have not lost a game since April 4th. You know how much the world has changed since April the 4th, Daniel? Well, um, we... Didn't you welcome a child into this world? Yeah. We've defaulted on, on loans. Banks <laughs> I brought in a child. Oh, my goodness. A lot's happened. A lot's happened. Uh, so I say all that to say, give me DBU um, because I just I think they're the best team in this uh, regional. Agree.
three. All right, narrowing it down. Indiana State, Wright State, North Carolina, Iowa. Guys, this is one where I could basically flip a coin because I, I just I don't think Iowa is as good as they've been. North Carolina starting center fielder, one of the projected top round picks in next year's draft is is not going to be playing. Um, Indiana State, don't really know a whole lot about Indiana State. You told me Larry Bird's throwing the first pitch. <laughs> if, yeah. if Larry throws out the first pitch, it's going to be hard to beat Indiana State. But you know who I got going? I got Wright State. I think Wright State is a veteran team. I think they've been there before, and I, I think this is a perfect scenario of teams where I think that they they get it done. So give me give me Wright State. The four seed. Jim, who you got? Wowzers. Yeah, I know. It's just shocking the world here. Well, only one of these four teams that I picked to go to Omaha preseason, so give me North Carolina even without Honeycutt. Randy? This may be the first time that we're doing this, but I'm going Iowa. Um, I think that North Carolina, for them – they give up more home runs than anybody in the ACC. I don't think their pitching staff, they just give up a lot of bombs, man. Iowa has a really good pitching staff. They they don't hit great, but it's good enough. I don't think Indiana State's that good. They do have some weapons. They came in and smoked Vanderbilt in a midweek game. Nobody cares about midweek games in Indiana State. I know you got hype, but, like, that's it. Uh, give me Iowa. Wow. Okay. We're all, this is one where we're, we're all over the place here. I, I like it. I like it. Last one, and I, I, I told you guys I thought this was the easiest road uh, earlier, so give me Arkansas. Randy, who you got? Arkansas. I, don't, I mean, he just knows how to win, DB. Jim, who you got? Arkansas. I will say this. Can, did, did, can we talk about this for a second, though? Sure. Bomb, Tanner, if y'all listen to this podcast, cover your ears. Arkansas, first of all, you came on after you won the Liberty Bowl game and you, you broadcast a ring. And now you get a a co-SEC because you tied with the record with Florida, but they got the one seed. Now you're broadcasting all over your Twitter handle that y'all are the SEC 2023 SEC champs. Like, can y'all just stop with the fake celebrating, bro? You didn't win a Super Bowl when you won the Liberty Bowl. I love the Liberty Bowl near and dear to my heart. Stop celebrating these. This is not a participation trophy. And maybe that's all you can do because you got DVH. He's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I don't know. But stop doing it. So if they win this region and they get a banner or a ring that says regional champs. Oh, they're forever dead to me. <laughs> Love it. Hey, look out for Arizona. You know, I've been calling on that team all year I, long. Hey, look I out. I think Arizona is going to be the set. I think they're going to be the runner up in that. But I just I don't think any of them are better than Arkansas. I just don't think. Well, guys, we we've we've made it to a point. We've got our super regional set. Do we want to uh, pick our Omaha eight, or do we want to stop here? What, what, what are we gonna do here, Jim? Mm, I say we wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. See how this thing plays out. See who's right. See who's wrong. I got you. Well, there's a lot to unpack. 
It's going to be exciting Friday. I got to know, Randy, are you going to be watching games Friday? Oh, yes, I will. Gonna, you're going to be like Jim and have 65 TVs set up all over the wall? Just have a wall full of TVs, or are you just going to go into your man cave, pull down the screen? and? I got multiple I TVs. I got multiple TVs in there, DB. I got multiple TVs in the studio right here. I got multiple options, baby. But here's the real thing. I'm in the house and not miss a beat. That's right. I'm going to have it in like surround. Every TV in my house. Um, let me tell you something. We got to go to South Mississippi this weekend to play in a softball tournament. So what's more than likely to happen is I'll have it on my, you know, like a four-inch screen right here on my telephone. So I'd love to tell you that I was going to be here watching on the 110-inch, but I probably won't be. I'll probably be in the car, and Lila will be watching because I wouldn't do that and drive, guys. You know what I'm saying? That's not – that's dangerous. One thing we do got to talk about, though, softball. This is, this is your chance, Randy, man. I know that College World Series gets underway tomorrow. The, the Lady Vols are, are, are primed and they're ready. So, so what's your take on, on, on this softball College World Series? So, so much fun, man. I love watching it. You know, Tennessee comes through uh, and then the Knoxville Super Regional takes out Texas, really uh, just unloaded on them in, in game two. And wins up winning that game. I think it was nine to nothing or nine to one. Maybe it doesn't even matter because we smoked them fools. Uh, we showed them who the real UT was once again. However, our our victory for that was we get to play a team that we've already played four times this year in Alabama, and the storyline that is Montana Fouts. Um, you know, there's a lot of great storylines. Obviously, Oklahoma they set the record, 48 straight wins, unbelievable. Did it in dramatic fashion too, guys. If you didn't catch this, Clemson was up on them pretty big, uh, and then Oklahoma hits a three-run home run to tie the game at seven. You could almost feel the air go out of the stadium as I was watching it on TV. Uh, so they go on to get that one. A team that nobody's really talking about that really does have the goods to compete and win this whole thing is Florida State. Their pitching staff is unbelievable. Uh, Their hitters all over. They got Oklahoma State. Let's just run through the matchups. Game one, Tennessee, Alabama. Uh, So Tennessee's won. uh, They played four times. Tennessee's won three of the four. So it'll be Montana Fouts, Ashley Rogers. Those two have been pitching against each other for it seems like the last 17 years. You Um, think that's the, the marquee matchup in this whole? 100%. Because I think that, and, and I'm gonna be honest, my, what Montana Fouts has done for the game of softball is incredible. Not only is she a fantastic pitcher, she's also an advocate for the young women athletes. She's a beautiful young lady. She does it the right way. So this is not a knock on her. But the aura of Montana Fouts may be a little bit ahead of what the player Montana Fouts is with the injury and just you know being here so long. So I think Tennessee rolls in game one, and then you know what your 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 prize is. You got to play Oklahoma more than likely because they get Stanford, and Oklahoma is a machine, DB. Here's the thing. They don't reseed when they go to the College World Series and the women's. So what's going to happen here is, say Oklahoma wins that game, Tennessee gets to go down to the loser's bracket, and they wouldn't have to face Oklahoma again until the absolute finals. And then, you know, you got to beat them twice. You got to do what you got to do. But to roll through, I think that I'm just going to give you all my quick hitters here, right? I'm first round. Tennessee over Alabama, Oklahoma over Stanford, Florida State over Oklahoma State, and Washington over Utah. And that's when I think things are getting a little interesting. And since a lot of our listeners may or may not watch the College World Series, I got Tennessee actually beating Oklahoma in game two because I think that right now 
with Gottschall pitching the way she is, Oklahoma's going to have 149 in a row. Tennessee has the ability to beat Oklahoma for this reason. they got a pitching staff, and their lineup, one through nine, they have a player on their team that leads the nation in home runs in Kiki Malloy. If you don't know who she is, Lawyer Malloy's daughter, absolute stud. Um, and on the other side, I think Florida State's going to roll through that side, and I think that Oklahoma comes back and meets Tennessee. They'll have to beat them twice, and I'm not going to give that prediction yet, but I think it's going to be Tennessee-Oklahoma in the finals, and it's going to be fantastic. Last year, they set a record for viewership. They're, they're actually, the viewership for the Women's College World Series was higher than the Men's College World Series last year. So expect that trend to continue as we're going to have two of the best teams in the country. Oh, outside of those Tennessee and Oklahoma, which sound like the favorites, what other team could surprise some people? Florida State, Washington? Florida, Florida State. Florida State, Oklahoma State's pretty Washington good. Washington has Washington has Angelo Sanchez with them. They do, they do, they do. But the hey, LSU had them too. It didn't help them. I'm just saying, D'Angelo, you're my boy and all. But I'm just saying, maybe you know you might want to chill at home for this one. But he'll be there, and I love it. Grow the game, college softball. We talk about growing the game for college baseball. It needs more attention. So does college softball. There is a huge. Uh, competitive travel tournament going on out there this weekend. It's going to be like 10U all the way up to 18U. So it's a chance for all of these young athletes that want to be on that stage one day. They get to play in there. They get to attend games, meet the players. Um, it is an absolute fantastic event, and I, I love what they're doing. That is truly growing the game. It's also empty in your wallet, empty in your pocketbook. But that's here nor there. Well, I, I can't wait to see Jim at Omaha jump on the backstop when a call doesn't go here. I think you should. I think you should. Can't if Paul wait. Skeens is pitching, it's like 101. They call it a ball, and then you just see Jim in a tank top behind him and an in-off-the-bench tank top jump yeah. up on it. But right. D'Angelo jumped up on it and then, like, jumped right down. Like, oh, damn, I, I can't do that. All right, Jim. Last call, man. What, what, what do you got? What are we going to talk about? What's, what's on your mind? I actually just want to say that Randy – kind of capitalizes on what I was going to say. I was going to say that I'm not interested in the NBA finals or the NHL finals, and I'm going to now tie that to what Randy said. I would be more likely to watch college World Series softball all day than either of those. He sold me. I'm 100% in. I was already going to tell you I was out on these. So give me the softball over the NBA finals and the Stanley Cup championship. Let's go. Yeah, no, no lightning, no cracking in the Stanley Cups. You get the. Mm -hmm. I mean, cracking had me thinking. I never watched them one time, but they were my team. They're Randy's team, and if they would have made it to the championship, I might have watched the game, but they didn't. I think I think Vegas is going to win the Stanley Cup. So there's that. But um, yeah, the finals. I mean, I don't know. Uh, the Jimmy Butler train is 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 fun. It's fun to watch, but fun. Michael Jordan's son is more than fun. What would you want <laughs> me to say? I thought fun was was a, a great adjective to describe. They're, they're going to get rolled because Denver is a machine. Look, they have been getting I told think, they're going to get rolled yeah. every round this series. Every every one. Boston was going to roll them. Hey, then they Boston comes back from down three nothing. Get to game seven. They said Jimmy ain't enough. Jimmy Tatum. Speaking of rolled, Tatum rolled his ankle on the first play. That, the whole I, to the game changed. 
I absolutely saw it. I do not care because Jason Tatum had a whole other six games to. Like, he didn't have to lose the first three. Not only did he lose the first three, they got blown out. Hey, you're you're Hear not me. Gonna, you're not gonna think that Grizzly fans are gonna show some sympathy because someone's best player got injured. Just, just not happening. Is that what happened? That's what yeah. happened. Anyway, so it's time to end this show. It's been fun. <laughs> Why? Did you think I was going to bring up guns and social media? <gasps> he is unfollowed Dante Pack. Grizzly fans, we're back, baby. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I was going to talk about something, but I guess, no, I forgot. It's gone. It was there and left. So it's what being a father of two does to you. Yeah, I know. It's just. You have it. If you don't spit it out, you're going to forget it, especially if it's not important. But, Jim, before we get out of here, any any last uh, notes, anything to let the fans know what to look forward to for season eight? Yeah, so obviously we have told numerous guests if they listen that we want to bring them back if they have success in this postseason. That's that's not something we say just for fun. We've done it the first two seasons. We plan on doing it. So um, they get rewarded for, for, for winning. So we will bring back multiple guests on winning teams. We might bring some back on the losing team. We'll see how it goes. And then if you are a Tennessee football fan, be on the lookout because our first non-baseball episode, not giving you the guest, will be Tennessee football. Wow. Let's go. The future future SEC champs. Yep. It's gonna be big. We're gonna drop some content. Um, you know, just because season seven's over doesn't mean we're not gonna drop content. We're gonna drop some content. We're gonna be advertising and showcasing our guests that are, you know, in play this weekend and, and as long as they're playing throughout the season, we're gonna we're gonna drop some episodes. I'll take a, a listen. You learn a little bit about their story and you know it kind of makes everything come full circle when you get out there and, and you see them on, on TV or on the computer. Uh, doing their thing but uh, before we get out of here Jim I gotta thank you and Randy another great season I know for me um, it was you know a good start you know with the baby and everything things kind of got thrown in the wash you guys stepped up I appreciate you guys I appreciate all the hard works and another successful season and I wouldn't want to do it with any other dudes man I appreciate y'all absolutely all right. Well, Shout let's out. Yeah, the producer. Shout out, Miss Knight. Miss Knight. <laughs> there it is. All right. Let's let's wrap it up. I want to thank Cade Keeler for joining us. What a great story he had. I wish him nothing but the best uh, this weekend in Columbia Regional. Uh, the Camels. They're they're looking hot. They're they're on everybody's radar. Um, got a chance to do some big things. So we look forward to seeing him, seeing everything that they got going on, um, you know, go Campbell. And, you know, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to Kate again. But if you like hearing us Average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, hugs, love, likes, thumbs up, all that good stuff. We'll take it all. And we'll see everybody for season eight. We got, you know, TBD on the date, but be on the lookout. We're going to be dropping some special things. We got regionals uh, to talk about. We got super regionals coming up and 
Omaha. Jim's going to be there. Who knows? You might get some live content from Jim out there. He might be tailgating. He might be at the game. He might be in the hotel doing his thing. Who knows? He could be on the road traveling. Um, but we're going to be dropping some stuff, so be on the lookout. We appreciate everybody. All the love and support for Season 7 and, and you know, on to Season 8. So this has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.